There is yet another UFC proving fighting way easier from uh, outside the cage. Way less time you have to spend traveling to these many fights. I presume fighters are going 10 to 12 times. I am your host, Kevin. It is Verbal Tap with me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you this another UFC pay-per-view evening? I'm fine. These are always excuses to talk to good people. We'll get to him in a second. But, Kev, I do suspect some part of your voice is kind of aggravated, and I can't tell if it's because we have to pay two sets of 69.99s for this one 30-day period, but are you mad about that, or are you mad about the fact that we have to do another over-under, Kevin, within a short amount of time? I was actually mad about the guest you picked, so it was option three. You weren't even thinking it, but really starting to set me up for failure here, and I'm not enjoying it. It really is the design of the show. I don't know why we haven't caught on to that part yet. Yes, our guest today, and keeping with the tradition of bringing on UFC fighters onto the show to preview UFC fighting, I thought, who better than a guy who's not only kind of in our circle based off of the people that we know and love, you know, his inner circle is kind of our inner circle. I'm just saying that you don't get a John Salter without a Joe Selecki. And I'm so happy that it's almost like a two-for-one, Kevin. It's almost like you're battling both Salter and Selecki. But we have Selecki here on the line with us. Uh, Joe, how are you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Now, here's why I think this is perplexing to me, because I've seen you just be incredibly nice. I think that you are obviously a great fighter and you've got a hell of a fight coming up against Jim Miller. We'll chat about that. But how often are you regarded as a trash talker in any form? I- I'm curious about that. <laughs> I think one time. Well, you know what? If we do anything outside the gym, I'm super comp- I'm competitive in fighting and jiu-jitsu, but like I take that very serious. But uh, like anything, like during quarantine, we did uh, a lot of rec sports. Like the few of us that were still hanging out, just trying to keep our sanity, we're doing outside stuff, and uh, that's when I get real bad. That's the only time that, and apparently when I fight Matt Wyman. But other than that, uh, I don't really talk trash. But gosh, if we play cards and anything that I can do all right at, if I'm not good at it, I won't play. So uh, for the most part, <laughs> any, anything that isn't fighting or jujitsu, I still take it super serious. But I talk trash with it because it's more fun. Here's some good news. We are off the mats, so I believe that's one of the criteria that you were looking for. <laughs> Number two, it's about fighting, and you're not exactly involved in this card, so it puts you in a unique quandary of you're talking fighting, it's off the mats, and there is an element of competition to it. Now, I'm going to ask you before I get Kevin in on this, this is an important question. What is the game or thing that you have been heavily competitive with that you feel most embarrassed about getting highly competitive with? Uh, <laughs> so my family plays a card game, any kind of cards, but uh, they got real into, maybe like two, three years ago, this game called Canasta. Mm-hmm. And it's a team game, either either pairs or, or I think maybe partners of three sometimes. And uh, yeah, I got partnered with my wife on our, like it was like our family, but like my siblings, my parents, my sister's husband, his siblings and parents like it was like extended 
and uh, <laughs> there's no limit to who I'll trash talk to or get mad at. And uh, my wife was my partner, and she does not take it as serious. Uh, she, like, handles losing well. And if somebody's talking trash while losing, she'll laugh. And I start, like – then I go from, like, we're playing cards to, like, let's just – you know what? Let's just – you know who you're talking to? Like, and uh, she's got to remind me to not, not do that. So <laughs> definitely cards with a bunch of family members. This is fascinating info. Kevin, are you now more terrified than you were before? Yes. Uh, and I will say I was terrified before. That's what had me rattled. Mm-hmm. Now that the audience knows we have UFC fighter and I think, let me go back up to the top. Oh, yeah, of course. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Great. Um, he's in a lot of my corners here, Raph. And the second is I'm looking at his early fights, his amateur results. Do you remember fighting an event called High Voltage? Yes, I do. Yeah, in uh, South Carolina. Yep. Cool. So you fought at Conflict MMA, Aggressive Combat, X-Fights. He's fought at basically Mel Gibson's IMDb page. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'll be referring to him as High Voltage when we start the picks. But, Joe, <laughs> I got to start right off because i haven't gotten to hear this i'm sure you've been asked now 27 times but you're i'm going back to high voltage in your amateur fights let's get forward to this upcoming bout on abc jim miller how do you uh how's that how's it what's it like going into a fight knowing it's, it's jim miller yeah it's it's pretty great it's a lot better than it's a lot better than uh coming into a fight on a contender series against a guy nobody's ever heard of or you know even Guys like my last opponent, who's a fantastic fighter, but he's like me. Like, you know, unless you follow the sport and watch a lot of the, you know, the fight nights or some of the prelims, like, you may have not heard of the guy. Um, this is one of those fights where pretty much everybody knows who I'm fighting, you know? So uh, it's one of those really, really good opportunities to go out and show what I can do against someone who will win over them is worth a lot. Plus, it's somebody that I look up to and respect a lot. So it's not a fight where I, I've never had, like, animosity with an opponent. But there's definitely guys that are kind of cringy that you're like, gosh, I really, like, I could see myself getting annoyed with this guy quick if he started to act like that in the cage. This isn't one of those guys. So all the way around, I just think the, it's the perfect time to fight someone like him. You know, it's somebody I respect who I'm going to go out and give my best to. And, uh, and I think on the other side, it's great things for me. Quick joke. He, everyone knows who he is because he's fought them already. You will be, yeah, his, no you will be his 48th fight. 48, Crazy. which is, and I like people with Jim Miller's record. And I'm looking at yours because I'm guessing there's a few amateur fights that might not be making your tapology page. Shout out to them yet again. But you know, Jim Miller comes from an era where at least 15 of those were off the books that didn't quite make oh, 100%. it. 100%. That's fantastic. And you've won by rear naked choke. You've won by guillotine. You've won by triangle. Are you taking this to the ground? This is our jujitsu nerdiness. Yeah, you know, I, I think it would probably be inevitable that at some point in the fight we're going to end up grappling. And I think, you know, depending on how it goes in the feet or, or you know, our individualized game plans will determine how soon or how late, you know. But at some point, uh, even the way that, that he likes to strike, he kind of falls into his strikes and ends up in clinch scenarios. So at some point we're going to end up grappling. It's going to be, you know – who's going to get there on top position, who's going to go for what, or what kind of scrambles will ensue. But I think it's pretty safe to say there'll be some grappling. Ref, I know what I want for the bet. I want him to Babe Ruth his submission, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, well, give it a second. We're not quite there yet. And, Kevin, if I do have some advice, 
I'm going to cross pollinate from a different interview I see here on my first Google search of our good friend uh, Joe here by saying Joe Selecki not awestruck by Jim Miller matchup. So Kev, maybe this is the time to tell you don't get awestruck on Joe when you're competing. That's great him. advice. That's great advice. You, the art of war, Raf. Thank you. I'll use that Welcome. against him. Yeah, here's a weird thing. That Would have been I... great to tell me before I confess the nervousness, but we'll <laughs> chat about that later as well. So obviously that's a great matchup. And again, we mentioned how excited we were for it. But then there's the added bonus that it's going to be on ABC. At what point did you find that information out? Yeah, not not too long not too long ago. Um, I don't know where I fall in the card, but I know a lot of people are falling off cards, you know, last minute. So, and last time I was like one of the first prelims I ended up on the main card. So, uh, good chance we end up on there. I think that's pretty cool, you know. Not something I'll be thinking about too much leading up to or during, but after it's pretty cool to to look back and be like, dang, like. That's like channel three, six, and ten. You know, everybody gets those channels. My grandmother gets those channels. Like, yep. uh, that's real TV. You know, ESPN is too. But this is like every single household in, the, in you know in the country gets those channels. So it's pretty wild. Well, Kevin, here's why I asked this question because he is top of the prelims on ESPN Plus. So Jim Miller, Joe Selecki, great spot to be in. It's also in that makeshift spot where if something does happen, wouldn't be surprised if they do move you. And if they don't move you, it's because they want to keep eyeballs on you. So it's kind of a win-win situation. But here are the other people fighting on this card. Mike Perry, D-Rod, uh, Mackenzie Dern, Sam Alvey, yes. and then you're headlined <laughs> by Darren Till and Marvin Vittori. So people are going to watch this card and it's stacked. And I have something to admit here that I think may have implications for our game here today. This event takes place on April 10th. So obviously he has work to do and we're glad he's able to spare us some time right now to do this sort of little wackiness. But there are more fights on this April 10th card than there are scheduled currently for the pay-per-view this weekend. Damn it. They do this. So, I know that a lot can change, but for the UFC 260 card, I am looking at a not fully, fully rendered card. So things could change, and if they do, Joe, we will hit you up on the side to ask you, should any of these fights fall off, who you're picking, or replacements, because the age of COVID. Um, I would ask you this, though. You also come from many different great places with your training, but of course the one nearest and dearest to us has been John Salter. Can you tell us what's going on with him? How has he been? We haven't seen him lately. We obviously miss him here on the show. Yeah, man, he's been training like crazy. He's just, he's doing what he always does, man. He's just grinding away in a gym, teaching when he's not training and sometimes doing both bullying people on the mats, off the mats, also bullying people sometimes, uh, eating slicers. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just shouting them out. But, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, he's just, dude, he's just been training like crazy. He, uh, we were, we were same thing today. We had three practices today. We did our conditioning this morning, uh, together over here at my place. I kind of built out my garage to be our little conditioning headquarters. So we meet here twice a week and do that. Went from there to wrestling. And then, uh, tonight was jujitsu. So yeah, just training like crazy. He's been going up when, uh, we both been going up a lot to Jimmo in Gastonia and he's been training up there. Like, even though he doesn't have a fight, uh, and the, the gym up there right now, you know, I've gotten to get a lot of work with those guys too, but the group that they have at that size is kind of remarkable. Um, it's, it's been, and just, you know, 
when I'm in my group, that's kind of based on my side. I'm like sneaking over, looking, watching their rounds because you got uh, on the grappling days, you got Weidman in there now. He lives yeah. uh, not far from Gastonia, so he's training there pretty much full time. Uh, Honey, Chris Honeycutt's in there. That's another four time, I think four time All American or at least two. Uh, and then they have another kid that just moved there who's getting ready to make his uh, amateur debut, but in the wrestling was well, same thing was an All American in college that just came from I think Cal Poly. So uh, watching those guys wrestle and stuff is fantastic. So he's he's doing what he always does, working like he's in fight camp when he doesn't have a fight coming up. So kind of keep up with him. Joe, I also have one point of clarification here. You recently put up a throwback photo, and I'm pretty sure you know which one you're going to get asked about here in a second. But the caption reads, Throwback Thursday, I'm in the first row with the green belt, demoted to yellow shortly after. What happened? How does one get demoted <laughs> in jujitsu? Because my kid, myself and Kevin, we've never been demoted, yet we probably should have been multiple times. Yeah, and I think the second question is like, who would demote a child? You know? No. But uh, so I, I trained at a gym uh, early on with great guys. And, and it's actually uh, the guy that runs the Good Fight Tournament, Jim Fortunato. And uh, he kind of had a hybrid school. So it started out as traditional martial arts it was in 97 when my brother joined and then by the time i joined it was uh offering jiu-jitsu classes mainly with like the people that started karate were grandfathered into like that program and no new students so he kind of did the belts like kids belts so they would do like uh all the kids belts and adult belts but you'd get them all while you were a kid and then when you would go to turn 16 you would turn to a, either a blue belt or maybe a white belt again i don't really know how he's doing it but uh, I think it was just, you know, like a lot of karate schools do that. They do a lot of promotions, a lot of stripe promotions that you pay for, a lot of like, you know, in-between belts with a long stripe through it. Uh, so it was kind of like that. So I went through quite a few belts, got to green belt, and then we, when we ended up moving over to, you know, Hassett Jiu-Jitsu where I trained the rest of my time there, uh, he was that guy's training partner and instructor. He just moved closer. And uh, we transitioned over to the other school. And <laughs> this is funny because the name – that put it into perspective for me where like I was looking at my parents at, you know, 10 years old, or I think I was nine when we switched was I went to battle the beach and I've never won a match at a tournament at this point in my young jiu-jitsu career and went against Gianni Grupo, who I think is like a year or two older than me, but we were around the same size. And dude, he ripped my arm off in about 10 seconds. And you know, that was in Nogi. I didn't do. And I watched him put his, you know, he's wearing like an orange belt or a yellow belt. I'm like, this guy's older than me, definitely better than me, and he's a belt lower than me. Like, something's got to change. So me and my mom, after class one day, called Mr. Hatcher, like, you know, I, I, I know that this isn't right because, like, I won't get another belt until I'm 16 and I'm nine. So also, like, can you just give me the belt I'm supposed to have because clearly this isn't it. And, he, you know, I was like, oh, I'll go back to an orange, maybe an orange with a couple of stripes. And he came out a couple of days later with a yellow, and I was like – I, remember, I still remember clear as day to this day him being like, I don't be disappointed with that belt. It's because I want you to get more belts along the way. Cause you're gonna, I'm like, I got it, man. I know where I stand. I'm pretty bad. <laughs> well, Kevin, just to put it in some perspective here, the minute he got demoted, about a year or two later, Jim Miller made his MMA debut fighting other friend of the show, Eddie Fivey. So... There's a lot that happened in this 2003, 4, and 5 region that just goes to show you, one, how ancient Jim Miller is. And don't worry, Jim Miller is also vaguely a friend of the show. But uh, it is kind of one of those things where I just look at it and I say, 
your journey has come a long way. I'm glad to know all of these things about you. But as you know, part of the game is going to be guessing for this pay-per-view that's coming up. However, there is a little bit of trash talk that we do require. So, Kev, do you have questions to ask him before we give him an opportunity to cross-examine you? Well, first, I want to say to none of the kids listening, because it's mostly an adult show, you too can <laughs> become a badass UFC fighter and black belt. Just... uh push through those first few awkward years and unleash the fury. So you've also, I think you've stumbled upon one of your ESPN on ABC talking points. Cause before I, before I ask you one or two questions about some, some history in your fight world, I do want to give you ABC advice. So I don't know if you watch much television, you seem pretty busy. You have a young child. But they have a lot of shows. So if you win convincingly with a nice, like, call your shot, be like, and you can see me on the next episode of The Rookie as one of the cops. <laughs> and just try and use it as Sneak a... Into that side hustle. I like it. Yeah. Be like, I'm about to break a million little things. I'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know when it is. Fantastic. You'll have to do some research. So think about it. Figure out maybe it's Big Sky. I don't know what show you want to be on. But. <laughs> and I okay, this is for the game. Do you don't have a ton of losses on your record? Which one do you? Which one upsets you more, the knockout or the decision? Gosh, uh, it's funny. I, I think about these every day. You <laughs> must. You I seem like, like the human but, being. Yeah. You, you've admitted. Yeah. You admitted but it. I was, I was thinking. Like, I think about at least every day. One because from the one fight, I have a, I have a huge scar under my eye. So if I ever look in the mirror, I just look at it. I'm like, ah, yeah, you lost that one. Like, I can win a million fights for them, but I'll always be the guy that lost twice. It's just how my brain works. Uh, and I'll always be the kid that's the most to yell about. Like, so really, Jim Miller's got nothing to worry about. He's fighting a guy with very low self-esteem. But uh, no, what, you know, I, really, I've come to terms with it. Like. Because somebody asked me the other day if I wanted to fight, uh, you know, Nicholas Moto that knocked me out is now in the UFC. They're like, you know, do you want that back? And this, and I was like, I mean, not really. Like, it made me a lot better, you know. So I, I really neither because I think it all kind of happened the way it was supposed to. You know, if I would have won that first fight, uh, I definitely don't like that I lost to a guy who ended up not making it anywhere. But at the same time, if I would have won that, then it would have been off to the races. At uh, I would have fought for the title at CFFC, and you know, one you get. Uh, locally, and it's almost, I think that's the worst thing that can happen to you, you know? Uh, it depends on the regional scene, because then you kind of want to be the small-town guy as long as possible. And then, uh, I would have been fighting at, you know, really, really tough dudes at that point, and trying, and I probably got thrown in, if I would have won, thrown into an opportunity I wasn't ready for. Same thing with the motor fight. I learned so much from those that I came back, and both were issues with energy management, not being out of shape, but just not knowing how to not have adrenaline dumps, and and run out of gas from, you know, trying to finish it too early. And then I came out and won two, three-round decisions since then and felt great. So, uh, neither. But uh, it does suck that I lost some. I didn't really end up making it anywhere. But here we are. I mean, we'll have a couple things here. One, if you would have looked at that scar and you would have won, I know you'd like to think it would have been like, I won that fight, got this cool scar. No, it's still a scar. <laughs> You'd still be yep. super pissed. You'd be like, well, I should have done something different because I still live with this, even though, yeah, I did win the fight. And number two, I do tell people, 
especially in a sports psychology sort of perspective, it is very tempting to want to chase and get those back. But then it's like, are you doing that to even a score or are you doing that to advance your career? Because clearly your career is taken off. And I always tell people, I'm like, you'd be surprised how some roads lead themselves back to where they're supposed to be at an eventual time. But it's not like you're getting Dustin Poirier money where you go, what title? Screw that. Just come yeah. on, dude. It's fine. Just let's have some fun and let's make some money. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, hey, hey, my six-month-old daughter, I know I, have, I blew off a great opportunity to fight a legend, but uh, I'm settling some old scores for less money. Don't worry. I'm going to give this one back. <laughs> you know, like, I just feel like if it was just me, I might be like, yeah, I'll get him from my ego. But, yeah, I got I got bigger fish to fry. I'm trying to stay in the UFC and climb the ranks and make a good life. So I got to be more mature than that. You're well on your way to doing that. And again, your performances already have been very impressive. Kev, I'm going to turn it over to him now, and I'm going to give him the opportunity to get to know you better because I think we have somebody here, Kevin. Tell me if I'm wrong. Who's funnier who than me? Who says that they yeah, don't talk trash. me too. Oh, what? But, like, I'm getting the impression more and more as he gets more excited talking about wins, losses certain sorts of topics yeah might actually be a secret trash talker in disguise <laughs> he's hit a few good ones so far which is mm -hmm. i mean it makes sense with the salter you know mm -hmm. so with that in mind joe are there questions that you need to know about kevin that might better inform your trash talk to him because you know i'm asking you to make fun of a stranger here by all intents and purposes. that's what's tough yeah like i usually make fun of people i really know and that, which is so funny because then like people that don't know me too well, I'm like, oh, you're nice. And then the people that really I'm like making fun of that I like a lot, they'll be like, no, he's not. He makes fun of me all the time. Like, I need to like you and I know you. But I think I, I can, I mean, are you, uh, well, I don't know. I don't, I mean, unless you were demoted, I don't know what you have on me. I feel like I got to be like Eminem and 8 Mile. I'm not sure I shouldn't be <laughs> demoted. <laughs> There's, you can make an <laughs> argument with my current conditioning. Whew. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have my interview questions ready. See? This is, uh, I'm going to have to just go on the fly, I think. Perfectly fine. But just think about this. You said that you only like to make fun of people that you know. So what would you ask Kevin if you were just trying to get to know him? If well, he was in the what, gym. What, what belt, for sure. I have to know what okay. belt we're dealing with. Because if it's, you know, it's all a black belt, then I can't make fun like that. But if he's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a blue belt, then I can pull rank a little bit, you know, for my weight around. You're going to love this. Uh, lifelong purple belt. <laughs> feisty oh that's great overweight currently but you know in a, like a 215 way feeling pretty good the beard is what work makes with that. I've, I've been practicing working with that on my brother because he's the longest purple belt in history i think for i think he had it for nine years and then he got his brown belt and he held that for about eight years and then he finally got his black belt this year so i like to walk by him and like flash my stripe and be like yeah you might get one of those one day stick with it like and just totally just bully my older brother around <laughs> Let's be clear. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give away too many of the years, but we may be approaching that. Yeah, um, we'll let you know. I might need yeah. some. I might need some Joe bullying. We'll do a different YouTube series. <laughs> it's called toughening Kevin up at thirty six. It's just uh, but, Joe and I could take that yeah. up with an agent at ESPN. Now you mentioned you needed to know that, but if you saw this purple belt in your gym. And he was new and he was coming out to, you know, take one of your classes. Like, what would you ask him? What would you ask him that would start, you believe, 
a kind of friendship? Oh, I don't know. See, I just, <laughs> I guess this thing where uh, I just, I, I, I'm like a uh, skittish cat or dog. Like, I let people come up to me. Like those people that maybe have trained with us like four or five months. The other saying, hey, how's it going, man? Welcome. I'm Joe. I never talk to them. Well, Raph, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. Hold on. Great oh, no. news, Joe, because I'm the <laughs> la- I've, as my previous instructors will tell you, plural, loud guy at the gym. I'm immediately chatting with you, telling you about um, hobbies, See, makes, I, Those suggestions. are my favorite people. Those are my favorite people because they do work for me. That I'm much better no gi when we're in the gi, and then when we're no gi, I'm like my my gi game's pretty good. Like I've got a lot of bobs and weaves on my arguments, <laughs> and you're pretty much caught up. Rural Kansas now in Colorado, spending way too much time with my dogs and. Hey, this is something we can bond on, though. Uh, currently three months, well, a little over that, pregnant wife at home. So just past oh, the... Oh, congrats. That's great. Thanks. I like to think I just passed that first trimester marathon tape of freedom where I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to sleep again. I'm like <laughs> high-fiving friends. I know I'm not, but just let me think it. So. Yeah. I, I, there we go. That's something I can rub in your face and my kid sleeps through the night. Yeah. Every night, yours is there out. It's all I'm there. Now. She's good. There <laughs> she, we go. She, she's all cute and dressed. You're good. All right, Raph. I think that covers it. I don't have all anything right. else going on. That's fair enough. I think it's time we transition to the game of over under, Kevin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we now go to a portion of the show that we call Over Under Kevin. It is a simple game. All we do is go through the entire card. We give each participant on the show 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win. If I so deem it, I will give them 15 seconds of rebuttal time. And even though you do technically win if you get more picks correct, we here at the show appreciate those who talk better trash. They actually win (laughs) the score in our hearts. Gentlemen, do you both understand the rules? Kevin, do you understand the rules? I named him Joe High Voltage Selecki and me Kevin win number three. So feeling good. Joe, I will ask you this. You did admit that you don't like having to live with losses. But if you lose here, I think we are probably prone to never giving you a rematch. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had, yeah, I've had to do it before, so yeah, we'll have to. But I like my chances because this is a card where this card's stacked. So like, I, I think I'll know most of the people in this card. Uh, so I like my odds. I, I do. Famous last words of so many <laughs> individuals on this show. <laughs> I like the moxie. All right, gents, what we're gonna do is we're gonna start this, and I'm gonna put 15 seconds on the clock. But our first bout is going to be in the middleweight category. And it is going to be between Marc-Andre Berriholt and Abu Azatar. Kevin, you start us off. Wait, you okay, you messed those up so much I went to another one? So good on you. I'm First of all, for a MAGA guy, Dana's outsourcing a lot of fight jobs lately. I'm just going to call it out. This card really spoke to me in that way. But I'm going with Berriholt because, uh, oh, Canada. 
Very good. All right, Joe Selecki, what do you got on this one? I, I am going with Azkar. I'm honest, I'm picking him because of his brother. I don't really know much about him, but I know his brother's a savage. But uh, he's got to have some of that rub, so I'm going to go with him. We can't pick the same guys, right? I mean, I was going to pick him anyway, but no, we can a little. I mean, it's okay. obviously you. It's gamesmanship, so I don't want rather, to pick yeah, all yeah, your yeah. same guys to I'm beat just, you, I'm but just you know. sure, I want to win. Yeah. Okay. I'm picking Azkar. But Kevin, it's not can mandatory. I ask you this? I'm just saying. Kevin, can I ask you this question? Do you believe that he's saying that the brother has to be good because he himself has brothers who are martial artists and he feels like they better pony up on this? Well, I didn't want to talk smack on his brother, but it's like, what if this is the long road purple belt brother? You know, maybe, maybe yeah. he's back in the wrong <laughs> Azatar. But I also was like, you know, I never saw Azatar when it came out, so it was too long. Fair enough. <laughs> Joe, I'm going to have you go first on this one. It's a women's flyway bout between Jillian Robertson and Miranda Maverick. Go. I'm going with Miranda Maverick. I think she trains out of here in North Carolina. But also, I've just seen a lot of highlights and everything. Uh, I'm picking her. Okay, slow, succinct. Kev, I'm going to give you 15 seconds to say who you think is going to win. I'm gotta go with the Canadian theme here. I I'm and this one is plus one forty. I might put five bucks on this one. I'm going with Robertson. And this could be like the futuristic Sex in the City reboot between Maverick no, and Robertson. No, it's these there's some no. coolness in the next generation, like with what they did. <clears throat> They're no. badass MMA fighters yeah, this time. Sorry. Is there any ties to Canada for you, Kevin? Or is this just a weird? Mediocre fetish that we're having. Spent two weeks in Montreal, so nothing <laughs> mediocre about this fetish, sir. <laughs> That's like the uh, the problem thing. Like we're in the middle of the road. It was nice. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that great. We're just we're just hanging out here in purple. We're gonna hang in for two weeks. <laughs> no one got the, exhausted. Uh... You spent a little time in lockdown. You liked it. Yep. <laughs> Kev, do you hear him coming to life? It's as if somebody busted out the Uno deck and he just kind of got this glimmer in his eye. Like, what are we doing? What are we playing? I'm having adrenaline right now. I don't even know what's going on. I don't know why. I feel like I'm about to walk out to go make picks, but here we are. I mean, listen, dude, this is a natural high. It's not the high you're going to get with. Well, we've heard how he gets it family cards, Raph. I mean, (laughs) razzed him. He feels like friends now. I don't know what to say. It's the fighting that unites us. (laughs) Here is the next fight we go to. Kev, you pick first on this one. A women's strawweight bout between Jessica Penne and Hannah Goldie. Go. Yeah, I just absolutely have to go with Goldie. Purely based off of pretty badass last namery. I didn't have a ton of like fight analysis on this one. And part of my, I have a parlay idea later. Not for the picks, but for actual gambling. Noted. Selecki, what do you got on this one, sir? I'm going with Penne for two reasons, for skill, but also because uh, Goldie, I don't know how this is possible because I don't even know who, I didn't really, I, I knew she was on the Contender Series, the same episode as another guy I knew, but she must be like selling her soul to Instagram because she's on the Explore all the time. I'm like, I don't follow you. I don't want to see this. Because it's never like fight related. It's like half fight related, but it's like, look at me, look at me. So I'm definitely picking Penne and rooting for Penne openly. Interesting. Kev, it's sounding like we'll see in the future an OnlyFans for one Joe Selecki once he realizes how to go ahead and brand himself properly. 
I think this is just jealousy talking, yeah, on my end. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> there used to be good amateur nights down in Wilmington. You could maybe hit one of those clubs, see see what you got, see what the following feels like. Post COVID, I have a, I have a, uh, a clip on bow tie from when I used to work in a nursing home. I could just wear that. Perfect. <laughs> so, Leggy, I like the fact that you were starting off that rant by being like, I mean, I only know her from the Dana White Contender Series. Oh, wait. I mean, me too. Okay. Um, but also, I mean, I'm being interviewed right now. I don't like this hostility. Anyway, next question. Whatever. I wasn't here. Um, we're going to go to this next bout. It's a band of weight bout. Kev, uh, Selecki's going to go first on this one. Between <clears throat> the undefeated Sean O'Malley. And Thomas Alameda. Go, Joe. Uh, it really hurts me to pick Sean O'Malley, but I'm going to pick Sean O'Malley. Okay. That's all I got. Kev? I don't, I don't want to back one. myself any further. I'm picking Sean O'Malley for this fight, but that's not as interesting as covered by my colleague. So I'm also going to pick Sean O'Malley for another thing that I sometimes traverse. Most likely fighter to see at a New York sex club. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, that sounds about right. Cool. As he um, as he was talking all brutishly, I was like, this guy is gonna have one awesome after party, regardless. So, Joe, let's get into that real quick. You said you Uh-oh. didn't want to pick O'Malley. Yeah. Any particular reason why? I just like I don't know. Like, you know, maybe a great guy. I just feel like we went like I just don't do like flamboyant, loud, look at me well. But that's not my place to judge. But when he was talking about doing heroin, holding his newborn on the podcast, you lost me. That's where that's where he lost. I was like, yeah, I just can't back that part. I know. Do you guys see the clip? I, I'm I'm unaware of this, but that all checks out. You you gotta look it up when you get a second. Uh, Oh man, Kevin, when you're not sleeping tonight, look it up. Uh, He's talking about. I think it was the same episode he said that stuff about the the, uh, Megan Anderson, but so it kind of got overshadowed. But he's holding an infant. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I'll try heroin. I'm not, I'm not weak, so I won't get addicted. I was like, oh, I have friends that were addicts. Like, you're killing me right now, dude. And you're holding a child. What's wrong with you? Also, don't do that. But, uh, <laughs> but he's good. He's probably gonna be Thomas Almeida. So I'll take it. Can I give a few notes here? Number one, Kevin, I'm glad that this becomes fatherly advice. That is like, you know, you could do a lot of things wrong, Kev, but on the lower scale of good parenting would be heroin in and holding your child. The second part, <laughs> I did jot I it is... down just for future reference. <laughs> like I'll make better choices too. Dude, day one Lamaze class. Don't, don't, don't do that while you hold your child. <laughs> you keep your child and your heroin use completely separate. This is 2021. The second thing that really stands out to me here is that I have to go on and off one occasionally with Sean O'Malley because when a fighter says that they mentally feel that they're undefeated, I do understand the mentality that they need to be a fighter and that you need to believe that you are, you're going to win and that you can have that sort of like untouchable sort of feel. Like I, I get where you need to go sometimes. I would say as a person who also makes memes, that shit hilarious to us because when we hear that, we go, uh Oh, well, now you kind of force my hand and I got to do this joke because it's too good. So, uh, you know, that's the one where I when I heard he did the heroin one, I go, 
yeah, it's not really my cup of tea, dude, but okay. But then I get other people being like, can you believe that he said that he's going to beat the person that they're a bum? And I was like, yeah, I actually can. Like that shit somehow <laughs> makes sense to me because it's just dumb trash talk, even though we all saw the result of what happened. So womp womp. But yeah, no, thanks for reminding us of uh, that one, Joe, because I had even <laughs> let that one go into uh, the deleted file memory in my head. We're going to Joe's most I'll I'll add Joe's most likely to be on the commentary booth 12 <laughs> years from now when he retires. <laughs> Yo, you want to talk about seeing the uh, the payouts? Oh, my gosh. They listed them this year for the first time. I was like, oh, wow, that's way more than I thought. Yeah, I because they're with ESPN. They have no choice but to list them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to talk about fighting? You know, I'm doing that all the time. Every chance I get. This is great. Kev, you're going to take this next fight. Whoop. It is a light heavyweight bout between Modestus Boscus. That's mm. an illegal caller. <laughs> and Michael Olksush. Are you done? Are you good? <laughs> it's hard to tell because there's Period. a lot of levels to this name. I'm going with, and here I go. I did this seven times in case you're curious how many times I tried to do this. Alex And I feel great about that enunciation. A little worried he's not tall enough, but he's scrappy and mean and has an aggressive rib tattoo. <laughs> Fair enough. Joe, what do you got for us on this one? I'm going the opposite side, I think, because of, of the height difference. Although I am short. I should really back the short guy. But I think I'm going for the for the ranger guy. Kev, do you hear a lot of indecisiveness in Joe's voice? Yeah, and he's the word <laughs> rangier. I've got him. I'm owning the middle of the octagon <laughs> in this one. I'm backing him up. I am so glad that we basically gave him a compliment. It's like, you know, you really should do commentary. And the next thing that he did for analysis was... I don't know, man. I feel like he's rangier. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to jabby power thing. Um, I'm going to keep making straight. They were good in the cage comparisons because, you know, he mm -hmm. does it and I don't. So that must feel good for him. He must be like, yeah, I want to hear more about you owning the cage. <laughs> so it's good. We're going to move on. And now on this time. Joe, you get to give us the first pick, and I'm actually going to give you 30 seconds. And I really okay. would love to hear the who, what, where, when, and why of who do you think is going to win between Tyron Woodley and Vicente Loque? Go. I need like nine seconds. Uh, I got to go Vicente Luque. Is Woodley an avid listener? Do we know? Because if not, I'm just going to say, uh, we just, every time, I mean, I, dude, so impressive his run to the title, and then. I don't feel like he's – not that he's lost every round. I don't think he's fought a round in 15 rounds now. Um, it's just really strange. I, I think Luque is just uh, – he he's very similar to Gilbert Burns, who put it on him, so I think it's going to be more insane. I'm taking uh, Luque. And he fought my teammate, who I thought was the toughest guy ever, and then I watched them slugging out in the middle of the cage until they both died, and then Luque won. So uh, well, I there it is. The That's the real analysis. I would say this, though. We learned a lot in this one, and I'll answer some questions for you. One, no, Woodley is not an avid listener, uh, and if he was, he probably stopped after his rap career, which, coincidentally, <laughs> since releasing the track Beat They Ass, he has not done <laughs> any of the Beat They Ass 
and in fact has not won a single round since releasing that track. Anyway, that's a little point of information. Kevin, you've got 30 seconds. Go. This is extremely easy. You're 27-ish, if Tapology's right, Joe? Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't understand why Tyrone's but took the last 15 rounds off. You hit 35, the body falls off a cliff. Literally. Every morning. <laughs> it's like, feels like I fell off a shorter cliff last night. What was that? He's 38. He was a wrestler before this. There's a lot of mileage on that what was cartilage and is now something bone amalgamized to muscle and Luke. Love you, Woodley, you know, bringing it back real fun character, but I hope it goes well. Right. Like I kind of hope it's a good fight. I'm worried. It's not going to be Vegas. Do you all want to know what that black line? Do you you all want to know what Vegas has it at? Oh no. Luke minus two sixty, a huge favorite. Wow, yeah, he just he won't cross that black line. The warning track, he's always back to the fence. But I didn't really watch a ton during his title run, but I think he would like sprint forward from there usually. Now he won't come across that line. So strange. Can we take a moment here to acknowledge the real loss? I believe at the current time that is your co-main event. Let's see if that sticks. But. Joe, how sad were you when Volkanovski and Ortega got pulled from this? Very, very sad. I like I like Volkanovski a lot. I like watching Brian Ortega fight a ton too. But uh, I'm a big Volkanovski fan. Uh, gosh, I just I think he's so good everywhere. I just like him. I like him a lot. And I think uh, I don't think he gets enough credit. He's like a Stipe. I feel like uh, mm-hmm. you know the last fight with with Max was close, but it wasn't enough to be like that was highway robbery. And the first one, I thought he clearly won. They're acting like he lost both. So uh, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's like kind of like a almost an underdog champion. It'll probably appear on a future over under Kevin installment that you probably won't get asked back to do. But <laughs> having said that, who do you have in that? Because they seem like they are going to reschedule it. Who do you have and why? Volkanovski. Uh, I think he uh, – oh, I'm going to say range again. But this time I know who I'm talking about. Uh, I think he – he gets in and out of range very, very well. So I think that uh, stand back, patient, kind of two-shot, hit you hard style that we saw from Ortega, you know, when he came back and fought Korean Zombie, isn't going to be the answer. I don't think he can take him down. So I, I don't think, uh, unless for some reason Volkanovski had to shoot real sloppily and leave his neck out, I don't see how Ortega puts him away with a choke. So I think he would get it done. Decision. Noted. Kevin, did you even know that they canceled that one? Shut up. Uh, no, um, I did not. But I did know Ortega was supposed to fight. I didn't know it was Volkanovski. That's actually much yeah. more fun to me. But uh, I'm always upset when Ortega's not going to fight. Feels like it's been a while. Yeah. And maybe here's the. By the way, we'll see him just 64 UFC events from now. I'm sure they'll get it rescheduled. <laughs> <laughs> the sad part is they broke the news during last weekend's fights. So you heard the commentary booth and normally I just zero them out whenever we're doing the fight companions and somebody had to let us know. I think there was a news update that said that the fight got canceled and I was immediately like, yo, I don't want to pay $69 for this anymore. Like this card's fine, but it's not a $69 card anymore. Imagine those poor saps without ESPN plus. And that's why you can see <laughs> Joe Selecki on free ESPN ABC. 
There you go. So let's go to this. It's a welterweight bout. Yeah, oh, Jesus. I like that he's basically <laughs> he's the free trial to get in and get out. You know what it is? Selecki's out here. Selecki's out here telling people like, yo, everybody make one password, use that that weekend, and then share it the next <laughs> yeah. week. The next guy gets a free trial, and this gym is going to go on forever. It's a real Robin Hood approach we have here, uh, Salty Dog. Bless you. But when you get pay-per-view points, I'm sure we're going to have this conversation again. And you're going to be right see. there with Data you doing this. You pirates. You, know, <laughs> you pirates. You fucking dummies out there. You yeah, should have competed. Yeah, you're stealing. That's because he's undefeated. Right? This is my daughter's <laughs> second college degree <laughs> at that point. No, we'll talk. We'll... <laughs> Kev, you're going to go next. It's a welterweight bout between Jared Gooden and... Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Kev, go. I feel pretty conditioned just to say Nurmagomedov, and I feel great about that decision. I'm sticking with it. Until the name loses, I think I'm just going to go. Noted. Selecki, what do you got? I would assume uh, Gooden's an underdog, but I'm going to pick him. I, I know I'm, I mean, I'm pretty well aware of him from the Southeast regional scene. And uh, I think he can get that done in an upset. He's, he's, I can see him getting back up or putting up a good fight on the way down and then catching him with, uh, with a heavy shot. He's, got, he's very powerful, if I remember correctly. So I'm going to pick him. On the way up and the way down. Plus 190. <laughs> Kev, do you feel like Selecki is taking a risk here? With some of the phrases. Yeah, but it's starting to pay off. I think he's endearing himself to the audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you mean pick-wise now? He's, oh, <laughs> I'm no, going to be I, upset. I've seen this guy and been like, as a grappler, been like, dude, I think he's at 170 at the time. And I was like, dude, if I had to go for 170, I, I, there's no way that this guy is, is a savage. So I think, I think he can catch him with a shot. I really do. Because I think a lot of the times, we get high hopes for the Dagestani wrestlers, and they pan out sometimes. But other than Islam, uh, we haven't really seen them be unbeatable, you know? So I think uh, I think this could be a good upset, like a calculated risk. This is a very risky pick for you. I feel like you're putting so much of your fight ethos at risk on this one because you're doubling down. <laughs> and there are so many other picks that you've made so far. And it's a good time to tell you a few things. Number one... I would say this. I've never asked this question of a guest before, but based purely on Kevin's talking ability and the fact that you know he is a purple belt, what do you think <laughs> Kevin's best submission is just from hearing him talk? Uh, like the, the hot box where you open your gi and you finally achieve mount and just smother them and wait, wait for them to tap. And like once a year you hit it and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, it still works, baby. Or I can't open it. Kev, would you say that that is accurate at all? I would not. I would okay. disagree with that. <laughs> I'm just so glad. <laughs> That's how you know we bring a black belt onto the show where they go, yeah, Kev is uh, his main submission, by the way, he talks. It's a uh, hot box. He probably does that punch <laughs> Nogi Ezekiel because he's that big of a dick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, the second thing I wanted to bring to your attention is there's normally a wager and Kevin has already mentioned he's got one in mind, but we usually defer to the guest. So without oh, no. saying some kind of well, relax, kid, it's not like we're asking you to give us part of your purse. I would tell you this, Kevin, what have been some examples of over under uh, bets and wagers in the past? 
recently. Uh, well, I actually tied last week, which is kind of impressive. That was me and Kai Kamaka. There aren't many ties, so we both have to drink a what's that terrible? A white claw. A white claw. Here it is, and give a shout out to the other. Um, not too long ago, I had to make a penis cookie, uh, like a Christmas cookie that looked like genitalia. Got pretty. It was. I, it was a good sugar cookie. I'm not gonna lie, but it did look quite interesting. Yes. Then. And Dan Martinez and his good-looking Florida self was talking smack on me for drinking natural lights because it was Super Bowl weekend. So I he had to drink five natties. And that was his. <laughs> that was like a his bet thing. So it was a him. His his. So it's choice. little video he challenges that, that uh, air and, yeah. ahead of or behind. It's like a little promo stuff too. And. Joe, obviously, we know you're in fight camp, so you're busy. We will kind of respect that much, so we won't try to (laughs) throw you too far off. Even out of fight camp, I've never drank. I think if I had to drink five natty lights, I'd have my stomach pumped. Well, also, I should be good. I'm down for whatever. That sounds good. I'll, I'll, I'll defer. Well, we usually cater them to the guest. So if the guest yeah. comes on and says, I've never drank before, it's not like Kevin and I say, great, hard alcohol, five shots, go. <laughs> Break your 27-year code with yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I get that. And um, here's what I would tell you. Like I said, we defer to the guest. So without saying what it is, if you do have something in mind, because I know we just sprung it on you, do you mind letting us know if you do have a bet in mind? I don't. Okay, guess what? You've got three fights to kind of think about it, okay? So right now I'm going to ask you to give me a winner between Jamie Malarkey and Karma Worthy first. Go. I'm first. Uh, I'm going Karma Worthy. I'm confident in that. This is not a guess. I know you guys, since they're in my division. Uh, Gosh, he finds a way to pull it out, I feel like. He's pretty well-rounded. Um, I've seen him choke guys that he I didn't think he would submit and do the opposite on the feet. So I'm picking the uh, worthy. Kevin? I can't get over that Tapology has worldwide. Our friend Joe Selecki ranked at number 51st. Best MMA lightweight fighter. On one hand, that's amazing. On the other hand, are they not seeing the craftsmanship he's doing here to try and get a fight? with the coolest name I've ever heard, Karma Worthy. I'm calling Malarkey on that, and I'm calling Malarkey for the win, Raph. And I have been screaming Malarkey to get ready for this podcast for an hour. Fair enough. And it should be noted, uh, Karma Worthy is an extended friend of the show. So Coolest um, name on the planet. No he's doubt, a good guy. Right? I, I do enjoy him. He's yeah. very nice. So. He? He's a Death Star, too, the nickname. That's pretty great, right? isn't he? Isn't that him? I believe so. Um, yeah, that's I do a pretty know... cool nickname too. I feel like that's like, the yeah, Death Star. Cliche, my pitbull, you know. I like Kama, that. I, the I Death Star that. worthy is a badass. I agree. Cool, cool title, sir. I just love the fact that Saliki's over here trying to be like Raph. First of all, he's a cool guy because cool nickname. So get with the program. We're best friends. You don't know that. But uh, we bonded over his nickname, and I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know that Joe was gonna be so into a person just being like, man, I love that nickname, and go into full stepbrothers mode. 
but it happened right in front of us. Under nickname so, for Joe, they have N.A. And I was like, oh, oh, no, we can do better than that, can't we? Joe, is this true? Oh, do you not know. have a nickname? No, 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 no. Yeah, they, they got to be given. Nothing really, nothing really, uh, really stuck. The only thing that they call me in the gym is John calls me. Uh, he'll word it two ways. He calls me old over, all overlooked over there because we have this thing where people will walk in and they think I suck, uh, or like you know I got the, the Wyman fight and like another well-known UFC fighter uh, in our area was like, oh my gosh, clearly they don't think very highly of Joe. Like that's a tough fight. Stuff like that. So like, or people will be like, oh man, like this, uh, you know, purple belt that trains twice a week is super tough. Like I think he could tap Joe. You're like, you know, I'm all right at this stuff. So John calls me overlooked. Uh, that's the only thing they call me now, but I wouldn't use it as a name. But we did name my garage gym. I named it Overlooked Training Center. And the tagline is, you'll probably drive right past it. Oh, my God. This is very telling information. Okay, so, Jeff, first of all. I love Overlooked. Stallone. I love the actual background story because I've seen you call it Overlooked. And I just kind of put one and one together in terms of, like, overlooked as a mentality of like the person that you are or you just go hey man i won't be overlooked or hey listen you might not care you might drive past it but i'm in here grinding i didn't know it came with <laughs> your own gym big like i don't know man just looking pretty i was pretty once in dab. a team huddle i'll put it to you this way i was once in a team huddle with <laughs> two bellator fighters four ufc fighters and some other pros and they announced what everyone had coming up, and I wasn't quite signed to fight Hubbard yet. And the guy leading the huddle was like, yeah, uh, you know, this guy is going to be coming for top 15 in the world. This guy is fighting for the number one defender this month. Uh, I think Joe's going to be a dad next month. And uh, I got something coming up. And I was like, yeah, guys, I, I fight too well. I'm one of you guys. I'm not just some dad. So, yeah, all overlooked. Well, you know what? I think that's the best thing is that they mark you as present as part of the team practice. But I think the fact that you're a UFC fighter means you can hang and you're you're good in the conversation. But I will tell you this. If we ever just call you overlooked here on the show, it will be for non-fighting purposes. Like, I will make sure that it is only in regards to being like, well, he sucks at Candyland. Let's be really clear about that. This man has no Candyland game. He's bad at, like, what, risk? Who's bad at risk? He is. Um, Kev, you're going to lead off this one. It's a light heavyweight bout between William Knight and Alonzo Menafield. Go. Okay. Menafield, for one simple reason. Uh, purely abs. I don't know what else to say. This guy's brings it all to the table in his UFC picture. He's like leaning out. He's got it ready. The hair's it's good. All right. All right. So Licky, what do you got on this? I'm going with Knight. Uh, the only, the only loss I believe he's had at all is to, Oh gosh, I can't think of his name now, but he just fought my teammate, Jamie Pickett. Uh, I cannot think of his name, but he trains with Lloyd Irvin. He has really good stand up and pretty decent wrestling. I can't remember his name now. But uh, other than that, I remember seeing Knight on the regional scene a Kamur? bunch. Kamur? Uh, uh, Alexa Kamur? No. That was his last fight. Oh, no, no, no. That's okay. That's a C-based teammate, isn't it? But uh, no, so one other guy. I can't remember who it was. The guy trains Blue Urban. But uh, regardless, the other reason I know him is because a guy in Myrtle Beach 
got to the fight to fight him uh, like three days out and left because he was so nervous that he started saying that his bed wasn't made and they didn't provide him with a proper limo. It was only an Uber. And uh, every reason under the sun, rented a car and drove home. He was offered double his pay. It was fantastic. I was like, I got to look this guy up that he's so scared of. And then I understood it. I was like, oh, William Knight's a beast. So uh, I'm picking William Knight. God, I remember that. You're <laughs> right. It took me a second to get to there. But, oh, my God, you're so right. And the guy posted the screenshots and the phone calls with the promoter. Like, he was in the right. Like, oh, this is so much worse. Like, he's offering you double your money and a stay at the casino. Like, you are hurting yourself. So never represent yourself in the court. This is terrible. But uh, then I was like, oh, this guy's super scary. I think he got the uh, – he was on the, the developmental deal at that point. Right. William yeah. Knight's nickname, Nightmare. Love it. Love it. Spelled like his, like his last name. Yes. <laughs> definitely like a Snyderverse moment that still doesn't make any sense if you really look at the film. It just isn't. But anyway, here's what we're going to say. We're about to get to the actual main event fight. And I will ask you this because I asked this of somebody today, just a regular civilian that I saw and who's, you know – Friendly enough with fights. When I said, are you excited for this fight? And they go, eh, you know. Yeah. And I said, are you sure? It seems like it's going to be fun. I go, do you have a, a guy that you're rooting for in the fight between Stipe Miocic and Francis Naganu? And he goes, ah, I'm just rooting for everybody to have fun. And I go, I don't think that's a real answer. I think that's a pretty shitty answer. So I'll ask you this, Joe Selecki. Who do you have in this fight, Stipe or Francis? Go. 30 seconds. I have the fans just having a good time. No, uh, <laughs> I'm going with Stipe. Obviously, I know that uh, I know that Francis is a favorite, and I know that in the first round he's going to be hell on wheels. But I think, A, Stipe knows what he's dealing with already, and he's not too proud to move his head, move his feet, and stay away a little bit if he can. And then uh, I think leaner Stipe is a lot faster. And I think if he fights like he did in the last fight with DC, he's going to get it done. I'll say what he says. Uh, his hand raised the end and still, by any means necessary. Noted. So, motivated McGregor, C-level Kane, <laughs> leaner, Stipe, Kevin? Is that a thing? Is that something we're going to start attributing? He does now? look leaner. His jaw. He looks like he's going to be trying to get on ABC. So, you be like... <laughs> I heard there's a Grey's Anatomy finishing up. If they need any doctors, he looks good. I think he's been Pelotoning. Mm. I don't know what his routine yeah. is. Yeah. Who oh. are you picking? Nganu. Of course. Okay. What's more fun? Come on. This division. Uh, he's spoken like a true big guy in jiu-jitsu. This is spoken <laughs> like a true big guy. He, he represents everyone out there who doesn't have a gas tank. We get behind him. We <laughs> swing from left, just waiting for him to throw that huge overhand. We're just like, yeah, get him. Kick once. And then we just go and we all sit down. And we're okay with that. So can't wait. <laughs> he's going to knock him out. And Ganu. I just am stoked, too, because Nganu has that look like this is my time. I, it was the pre-UFC video that got me. Mm. I think one of the better memes I've seen this week is of uh, somebody with bug eyes in the meme saying this is Francis Nganu going into round two. And I just <laughs> thought, yeah, that's pretty funny. I, I like the idea of him being like, uh-oh, 
I really need to get this done with some knockout power. Is there a scenario in which you can see the opposite of how you picked here, though, Joe? And if so, oh, yeah. like, is there a scenario or a, a kind of setup that you see that does give Francis the win? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think he can... Uh... I think he can get it done, and, and really in any round except four or five, I would say. I'd say for three rounds, I think it's kind of similar to fighting McGregor for a lot of these guys. It's like, uh, if it's that stylistic matchup for three rounds, he's going to have pop in those shots, and uh, he can put anybody out. You know, even even in the first eBay fight, you can see he was like, uh, he, he was still tagging him, and you know, and then getting pushed up against the fence or taken down. And uh, I definitely, I definitely see a way, especially in the first round. But I think. Anything past that, outside of a, I would never call it a lucky shot because he's obviously a great fighter. But outside of running after him in the first minute and catching him, if they settle in first that uh, past that first exchange, I think Stipe is going to settle in and go to work. I really do. But I can definitely see it going the other way. But Kevin, I think it's only by knockout. Kevin, the real question here that people have been posing to me, which is, has Nagano learned anything since? Because that seems to be the difference maker. Even Joe's kind of saying, hey, listen, there's a puncher's chance. There's the ability for him to maybe outwork him a little bit. But the real question is, has he learned anything that might give him the edge? I'll ask you. If I'm to believe his hype video, and I can't imagine he would falsely advertise. It seems like a pretty honest environment. (laughs) He did learn. He was focused. He's paying attention. He is relatively new in fighting in this environment. So it's a pretty quick learning curve, especially in those early years, especially if that's all you're doing. And especially when you've been under the lights he's been under. So we'll kind of find out if he has, but back to my Stipe not getting younger. And I think Nganu is getting smarter and I could not wait for, this is a fun one <laughs> because at least of this fights and it gets back to me being biased towards <laughs> something my opponent pointed out big guys he's not wrong i'm like finally let the bigger dudes out i forgot this division existed it's nice to see it back it's great all right well listen gents and i know that when you get down to the end of it there's not like unlike so many other guests more fight what do you have kev young morales I don't have that one. Can you throw the names? Which young and rich Morales? Featherweight. Um, let me pull it up. This is Shane Young. Fighting out of New Zealand. Okay. Against. Oh, cool tattooed. Morales. Oh, Omar. What's the Omar, Omar Morales. Morales. Okay. Well, I guess we should probably preview that because that was not on the Wikipedia page. But I guess I should be taught at this point because of how fast things move. <laughs> they don't. You should just... always just refresh your fucking thing. But remember, sometimes they have cut fights and yours is right. But uh, let's yeah. just do it. Yeah. We'll, oh, we'll oh, do a quick fight. No, I'm right. I'm right. It's canceled. It's because of this. Volkanovski's teammate Shane Young and Omar Morales were expected to meet at a featherweight contest. However, Young was removed from the bout on March 22nd due to the COVID protocols. The bout was eventually scrapped. So unfortunately, that one is off. But I want to point this out. Just in the true fact that in the time that we've been talking here, I did refresh the screen and it did move Malarkey and Karma Worthy to the main card. So just in that amount of time, someone was nice. working on the Wikipedia page. Nice job. 
Gamma Nightmare. That's great. I mean, next man up, man. Uh, so anyway, um, Joe, you were asking a little bit earlier when you were like, I'm going to be contradictory to whatever Kevin's doing. We appreciate guests who do that. It's not required. We still want you to win by the most right. We just appreciate you trash talking. <laughs> and I don't want to risk you losing that because now we're about to figure out what that is. But in the event that you tie, because there are some similar picks, we do go to performances of the night. We pick two and Ooh. one fight of the night. So Kevin... I think Selecki actually picks first on this one. No, actually, it's you. Kev, you pick. Yeah, performance, performance of, the, of the night and one fight of the night. Ganu, O'Malley, and then fight of the night is going to be um, Knight versus Manafield. Okay. What do you got for a Selecki? I'm going to go, I'm going to say O'Malley and Almeida will be fight of the night. Uh I can see William Knight getting a performance bonus because of his power. And then, and then I think he's a he grind on a decision. I'm trying to get to my face. See, this is somebody who's been concussed multiple times. This is two losses again. See, I live with them every day. I think about them all the time. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking Vicente Luque. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Damn. Oh, this. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right. All right. I am appreciating what is happening here. So, Joe, we gave you some time to think about it. Do you have a bet in mind with Kevin? Nothing worse. I'm so bad with stuff like that. I was thinking about it the whole time, but uh, I don't have anything worthwhile. Nothing that's going to be intriguing. So I, I'd rather hear what was on the table. I think that'd be Sure. And, and we'll counter here in a second. But can I just offer you this? You can't be a competitive person or a person who wagers and not have some kind of idea in the back of your head. Even when I appear on other broadcasts, I come with something in the pocket. Let him have it, Raph. No, 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 no. It's lecture time. You You put high voltage Selecki in the uh, corner. This is where Salter's good at. He is like, see, I'm I'm good enough with the win. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can think tonight. I won. That's good. That's perfect. I brag a little bit. But then he's like, always got stakes. He's always got stakes. He's always like, but, you know, a couple weeks ago, him and another guy were betting, if I can submit this guy with this move, you got to jump in your ice-cold pool. I'm like, dude, you guys are nuts. Like, just get bragging rights. What happened to bragging rights? That's, that's an old school, that's old faithful. So I'm bad at this stuff, but I will definitely agree to the terms. Well, that was, that was foolish to start with. But I will tell you this, though, Joe. <laughs> I will tell you that as a strong trash talker, it's just important that you have that in you because otherwise that's why you end up finishing a game of gin rumming and looking at grandma and being like, you think you're better than me? You think you're better than me, grandma? So I didn't know that that was part of it, that your wife has to calm you down, but bless you that you've got her. So Kev, what do you have in mind? Yeah. He has to submit Jim Miller via submission of the podcast. Arm triangle. Easy. Bet one. I don't think we can make him do that. Oh. And also, we don't know how good his arm triangle is, so I don't want to put that on him. I imagine it's better than ours, but I also don't want to give away any game plans because uh, we would definitely have Salter coming No, no, no. Out. I've got one, and it's based okay. off of his fight. Loser has to say what ABC show they'd fight their way onto. <laughs> Quick little video clip. This is dedicated. Uh, I did gotcha. some research. Here's the ABC show. I will put myself on. So. <laughs> I'm down. 
There you go. All right, that's fair enough. Here's the dumb part, Salter. And I, I don't know that you understand what you just agreed to here. Kevin, if he does lose, will win. Because this is the opportunity for him to pitch himself to go on The Bachelor. Even though he's married, he'd still <laughs> like the experience of going on The Bachelor to be like, hey, guys, I'm already taken. But I just want to go through the motions, <laughs> if possible. That'd be great. I just want to give some roses out. And then I'm going to give you to, like, I'm going to be the best wingman bachelor. Hey, it was on the market for a new host. Maybe they need a new bartender in Paradise. There yeah, it is. He, this a is second. a fan. Hold I, on. Get me on Paradise immediately. Selecki, did I just hear you admit that you were a bachelor watcher? Oh, dude, yeah. We're, the wife and I were Bachelor Nation. <laughs> Say. Same wow. Z's. A little bit. This season was a little boring, but uh, a little boring. Paradise. So. It was outside so of the watched anyway. So we, we, you know, outside of the bullying, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was all. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice to my ABC potential bosses, you know. But you uh, yeah, it was all. <laughs> don't worry. Even the mouse sold them out. <laughs> even ABC was like, "No, <laughs> we don't like this one, dude." It's yeah, not we fun. Know. That was our bad. Let me point this out to you. We do so many of these, and you came in saying that you weren't going to be a trash talker, and yet you kind of were, but you you held to what you do best. And I'm glad that you represented yourself well, because this was delightful. Kevin, do you like Joe Selecki? Do you understand why I wanted to bring him onto the show? Now that we put the shield of combat behind us, yeah, funniest mm-hmm. MMA fighter, I think, uh, on the docket. So that's that's nice praise. Joe's great. Joe can come back so, anytime. You guys have me on. I had a blast. Well, hold on. We're not. He's got to go. Yet. He's got a young child. I know child. he's got to go. I know. We're going to get him out of here real quick. Two I'll things. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then we're going to keep you on for another 30 <laughs> minutes. No. I will tell you this, though, Kevin. Shut the up, one Joe. thing I didn't admit to you, Kevin, is that Joe maybe has a sponsor that he gets occasionally that is crushing to me, and now it will be crushing to you. Joe. Who's the occasional sponsor that you get to see every yeah. once in a while? Slices Hoagies, man. Oh, man. And that's the thing is uh, our, our teammate and friend that went down, he went down to Florida recently, but he was not in that area of Florida because he's got family on both sides. And I didn't know this. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, he comes home this weekend, my cheat meal. This is about three weeks ago. Like, my cheat meal will be Slices Hoagie that week. This is fantastic. And then he comes to the door. It's like, where, where is everything? Oh, no, I wasn't in that part. So, yes, but when they do deliver, they deliver. It is fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody should have a hoagie sponsor, really. What do you get? Or, or your sponsors don't care about you. What's the thing? What do you get? Because I like a good, like, turkey, uh, cheese, I get, so drenched. It was called The Dream. Okay. It was called The Dream. It's buffalo chicken. Yeah. Yep. With cheddar cheese. Yep. Uh, sriracha mayo, bacon, lettuce, and I believe that's it. I added some onion, and, uh, we, you know, we're coming up with some – they might, they may add one more ingredient, and I might get my own. I think I, have to, I think if I beat Jim Miller, I get my own. But if I don't, I just have to keep ordering off the menu. I think it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stakes here. You know, he's got a record to break that night, but I got a sandwich to get named after me. So it's the me. carrot of you either get a sandwich named after you, or you're gonna pay double. Now it seems like really unfortunate yeah. sort of things. So that's part one. Uh, I'm glad we discussed this, but part two. Joe, is we normally invite those who come on the week of previewing to come back the week after the fights. Would you be interested to come talk fights with us after it's all said and oh, done? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, win, lose, or draw, I'm down to come back on and talk about it. I'm an open book. And, uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And I'll be in a much better mood because I will be uh, – I'm going to Florida for like four days, not near Slicers, with with my wife and my kids. So we'll be hanging out, and I'll be in a much better mood than uh, a guy that had to wrestle today. We're in a bad mood. Anyway, all right, we're going to end this show, and we're going to schedule with you off air. But, Joe, you're a delight. You fight in uh, a few weeks. I believe it is April 10th. Yes, sir. Okay, so April 10th, you, Miller, that's going to be a hell of a fight. We'll see you back next week. Where can people find you on the socials, sir? Just at Joe Selecki on Instagram and uh, Twitter. I only check on Fight Night just because I like to see everybody's opinions, but not about me. So please don't tweet at me about how horrible I am. But uh, And then on Facebook, Joe Selecki MMA, and that's pretty much it. have dialed has been changed the new number is please note the new number is